reading from the book of the prophet Joel. Even now, says the Lord, return to me with your whole heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your hearts, not your garments, and return to the Lord your God. For gracious and merciful is he, slow to anger, rich in kindness, and relenting in punishment. Perhaps he will again relent and leave behind him a blessing, offerings and libations for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion, proclaim a fast, call an assembly, gather the people, notify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children and the infants at the breast. Let the bridegroom quit his room and the bride her chamber. Between the porch and the altar, let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep and say, Spare, O Lord, your people, and make not your heritage a reproach with the nations ruling over them. Why should they say among the peoples, Where is their God? Then the Lord was stirred to concern for his land and took pity on his people. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Be merciful, O Lord, for we have sinned. Be merciful, O Lord. on me, O God, in your goodness, in the greatness of your compassion, wipe out my offense. Thoroughly wash me from my guilt, and of my sin cleanse me. Be merciful, O Lord, for we have sinned. For I acknowledge my offense, and my sin is before me always. Against you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. Be merciful, O Lord, for we have sinned. A clean heart create for me, O God, and a steadfast spirit renew within me. Cast me not out from your presence, and your Holy Spirit take not from me. Be merciful, O Lord, for we have sinned. Give me back the joy of your salvation and a willing spirit sustain in me. O Lord, open my lips and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. Be merciful, O Lord, for we and sisters, a reading from the second letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, we are ambassadors for Christ, as if God were appealing through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin who did not know sin, so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. 
Working together then, we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, in an acceptable time I heard you, and on the day of salvation I helped you. Behold, now is a very acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, Take care not to perform righteous deeds in order that people may see them. Otherwise, you will have no recompense from your heavenly Father. When you give alms, do not blow a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do, in the synagogues and in the streets, to win the praise of others. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your almsgiving may be in secret and your Father who sees in secret will repay you. When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites who love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners so that others may see them. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go to your inner room, close the door and pray to your Father in secret and your Father who sees in secret will repay you. When you fast, do not look gloom like the hypocrites. They neglect their appearance so that they may appear to others to be fasting. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, so that you may not appear to be fasting, except to your Father who is hidden and your Father who sees what is hidden will repay you. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Several decades ago, there was a very, uh, popular soap opera that appeared on television. I don't know if it's still on. Called The Days of Our Lives. And 
It opened always with a huge hourglass. And the magnificent uh, baritone voice of McDonald Carey would say, like sand through the hourglass, such are the days of our lives. And through the hourglass, you'd see the sand going down, and so on. In a few moments, you will line up, and you will get another reminder of the days of your lives and the sand through the hourglass. But it will not be sand through an hourglass. It will be ashes on your forehead. The hourglass with the sand of time and the ashes on your forehead with the mark of time. It is time that is the thread that pulls the needle of time through these two symbols, these two parts of our fundamental human existence, the mystery of time. And it is a mystery. St. Augustine said, time, time. I know what it is until someone asks me, and then I don't know what it is. Time brings us to the great, one of the great mysteries of human existence. It brings us to the reality of death, of our temporality, of our finitude, of the fact that all of us are passing through. This is not our permanent residence. We're all aliens. We all have green cards. And at some point, they have an expiration date. St. Benedict, the founder of Western monasticism, at each meeting with his monks in the monastery would always remind them, keep death ever before your eyes. You say, my goodness, what a doom and gloom thing. Just the opposite. It's a wonderful thought. Keep death ever before your eyes. Why? why? Why would you do that? Because the sand through the hourglass and the ashes on your forehead remind us, keep your eye and your heart and your mind on the things that really matter and not all the Mickey Mouse that inundates us every day. It reminds us that one of the most precious things we have is God's gift, is the temporality of this existence. You see, because we might ask the question, well, what is the difference then between the hourglass and the ashes on my forehead? They both remind us of death. The hourglass ends when the sand has moved from the top to the bottom. The screen goes to black, and it's on to the commercial. When the ashes on our forehead remind us of the temporality of life, 
but it's the temporality of life here on earth. There is more to come. It reminds us that this is not our lasting home, but that we have a rendezvous with destiny and eternity by which each and every one of us, each human being who has been blessed with the gift of life will also, as part of that gift, stand before Almighty God and render an account of our stewardship. How have we used or abused? How have we given or how have we simply hoarded the precious gift of time? That's an account that each and every one of us will render in all truth, from whom God there is no secret, from whom God there is no cosmetics. We stand as we are, and every day is another sentence, and every month another chapter, and every life another book on how we have lived. And hence, it focuses our attention it focuses our everyday life in how do we spend those precious grains of sand, those ashes, how do we use them? How do we use them in the praise of God, in the service of others? How do we use them in the greatest gift that we have to give? It's not found in a catalog. Even, even Marcus doesn't have it. You can't get it on any of the shopping channels. They don't sell it. It's given to us every single day. It's called how we give ourselves as we have been given. What is the gift that we give? Many people worry because they see life as a zero-sum ball game. If I give, then in giving I have less. And if I have less, I must be less. The bookkeeping and the mathematics of God is very different. As we have received, the more we extend ourselves in sacrifice, the more we give, the more we are enhanced, the larger our IRA, the more interest we have. Granted, it defies the logic of the world, but there again, what are the things that really matter? Is it the bookkeeping of the world, or is it the way God understands the books because each of us has received in abundance beyond measure from the graciousness of Almighty God. Not as something to be buried, to be hidden, not something to be put away for safekeeping. It is something to be given, to be shared, and to be enriched. And we find out that in doing that, we ourselves are enriched. 
often you find that the most miserable people in the world are those who live only for themselves. Because at the end, all they have is themselves. They have lived in solitary confinement and they live in excruciating loneliness at the end. Wondering where everyone has gone. Or where was everyone who needed you? Who tried to help? Who tried to be of assistance? And I was self-sufficient. I don't need anybody. I'm not one of those. I don't want to extend myself. I don't want to spend myself to someone else or to some cause or to something. But it is, as the prayer of Francis says, it is in giving that we receive in abundance from the hand of Almighty God who gives us his son. And so, what are the things that really matter in our life? Is it the collection of stuff? Parents, the most precious thing you give your children or not things and stuff. Not that wonderful scholarship, that new car, that big tuition bill. It's all fine and wonderful things. But the most important thing you give them is the sand through the hourglass. It is your time. Because children today, more than ever, do not need coaches, they do not need mentors, they do not need daycare centers, they do not need any of those things. What they truly need are parents who listen, parents who put aside things, wrap them in the embrace of a loving home, a loving family, who truly enter into their world not with all the answers, not with all the examples, not with all the moral lessons, by the way in which mother and father love each other, by the way in which parents sacrifice and yet don't count the cost, but they love because they know the things that really matter. And so today, is in many ways a very special day. It is the day that sets the tone, not merely for these next 40 days. It's not merely that. There's no time limit on this. This sets the agenda for the way in which we are called to stop, pause, and reflect. In other words, what the church is asking you to do is to love yourself enough, care for yourself enough, love yourself enough to every day consider the things that really matter in your life. Because where your time is, there is your treasure. Where your time is spent, is where you worship, where your time is, 
is where your God is. That's where your God is. We can give all kinds of things, expend ourselves in all kinds of ways. And yet, once again, as Emerson said, the most important we give is the gift of the self. To give ourselves to another, not as leftovers, but as that time, one to the other. Husbands and wives, parents and children, friends, spiritual soulmates, all the ways in which we give. Again, I remind you of Mother Teresa. A reporter once asked her, isn't it depressing and how do you do it? Every day working among the dying on the streets of Calcutta and various places around the world. She said, it's anything but. She said, because I want those who are dying in those situations and conditions, I want them to know that Jesus Christ loves them. And I want them to know that Christ is with them. And every time I do that, I touch the face of Christ. Not as dramatic, but in our everyday life, we have the opportunity to touch the face of Christ in his needs. For the least among us is the most present, the face of Christ. And so it's a time of reflection. It's a time of taking stock of things. It's a time of taking an inventory into our life. Where do the sands through that hourglass go? Long after, long after, like maybe later this afternoon. When the ashes you get are washed away or fade away, will they be marked on your heart? Will they be in your soul and in your mind? so that every day you consider the things that really matter. Today is February 14th. I think it's God's way of playing a joke on us. It's Valentine's Day, where we give chocolate and roses and other things. It's also the day it happens to be this year where we also receive the ashes. Again, two beautiful symbols. A symbol of romantic love and a symbol of a love of a much higher order that enriches that good love on a human level. It is a day of love. It is a day in which we are invited to behold the divine love. Behold the divine love up there on the cross. The divine love which has redeemed us and saved us and opens for us the hope and possibility 
of a blessed life for all eternity in the very presence of God for whom we are made. For we are made for love. Love is our vocation, love is our calling, love is our destiny. And so let us, among all the things we may plan to do this Lent, let us carve out time, that precious, precious time, to consider the things that really matter. And let us remember that it is in time that God's love was revealed. It is in eternity that God waits to receive each of us. Come blessed of my Father and take possession of the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation. For you have loved much and long and you have served well. May those words of Christ be for each and every one of us, for each and every one of those we love because we have considered the things of time, the things that are important, and we want them with us now and forever. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.